So glad that you've been here to join us today. Um, if you're newer to the church, you, you may not recognize me. My name's Kieran. I'm one of, one of the pastors here. And uh, in this point in our service every week, we pick up the Bible, look at what it's got to say to us and what uh, God wants to say to us. So we'll be reading from the Bible in a moment. But I don't know about you, but when people kind of like stand up, you kind of think, oh, who are they? Tell, tell me something about yourself. So like I said, I'm one of the pastors here. Yeah, I've had, I've had some interesting introductions. Tim said, do you want me to introduce you? I said, no, don't, don't worry about that. But I do have the opportunity uh, to speak in various settings. Sometimes people say to me, so, you know, people that aren't in the church, so, so what do you do? And I say, well, I'm like, you know, a pastor, I'm like a vicar, I'm in the God Squad. And uh, they say, oh, so you like church on Sunday? And I say, yeah, yeah. So I say, yeah, but what do you do for a living? <laughs> you know, it's clearly only sort of like work an hour a week or whatever it is, you know, and you're trying to explain to people. I try and explain to people what I do and try and tell people. So one of the ways I've been described, because I've, I've spoken in all sorts of different settings, in, uh, you know, in churches, in uh, lots of different public venues, in theatres, in uh, pubs and restaurants and after-dinner things. So I've been described as a comedic motivational speaker. I'm nervous about saying that because the word comedic implies it's going to be something funny. So you're saying, come on then, make me laugh, you know. So I've been described as that. Um, but it, it, it can be awkward sometimes, the way you're described. So I spoke at a church down in Poole. Again, those of you that know me know that I had... Uh, I had uh, um, uh, some brain surgery, and this, this guy, uh, Matt, who was introducing me, he, he knew this, and it was not long after I'd started work again, and he just said, this is Kieran, he's brain damaged. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's great that you're here this morning. Before I really just get into, into reading the Bible, I was just chatting with David Martin here. Who of you saw Hannah on The Greatest Dancer? I don't know if any of you saw that. What a brilliant... Yeah, why don't we just... She's not here today. She's working last night. What a brilliant... Amazing. So BBC show, The Greatest Dancer. Hannah's been on that. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. What an amazing talent. Though secretly, I actually know that I'm The Greatest Dancer. <laughs> so I'm not... To prove it. Music. No, don't. <laughs> no, it's absolutely super. So this morning, we're going to be continuing this series, as Tim said, uh, called Meeting Jesus. And I want to read from Luke chapter 7, uh, starting at verse 36. And we're going to read this real-life encounter that Jesus had with some people. Luke 7 and verse 36. It's going to come up on the screen, or you can look on your device or Bible if you've got one. When one of the Pharisees, that's one of the religious kind of rulers of the time, one of the kind of like, I suppose, the aristocracy of the nation in some ways, when, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. So in, in ancient times, what they would have, they would have these dinner parties, and rather than sort of sitting around the table like we would now, they would have this situation where they would have the, the food in the center, and people would have, uh, like, I suppose, like couches that they would lie on towards the food, so they'd, they'd rest on one elbow, 
and they'd, they'd feed with their other hand, and their feet would be pointing away. So this is the kind of scene. And often in, in these situations, the room that they're in would be open. Obviously, it's in a warmer climate where Jesus lived. It would be an open room. And other people sometimes would also come into the room. So that, that's the scene. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table for this banquet. And then we read this. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned, she found out that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Again, in those days, women, were quite, it's quite common, and many of these things have been found by archaeologists. They would have a, a necklace with an alabaster jar with a thin neck full of expensive perfume. And she came with one of these jars. Uh, she came with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him, so Jesus is lying down. As she stood at the edge in this room with other people, she stood behind him at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and broke the alabaster jar and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee, the religious guy, who'd invited Jesus, saw this, he said to himself, so in his mind, he said to himself, if this man, Jesus, were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman that she is. She is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii. A denarii was like a day's wages or more sometimes. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You've judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever's been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. In this uh, series of Meeting Jesus, what I'm going to be talking about this morning, just these next few minutes, is this. Forgiven. All debts cancelled. Everything wiped away. Forgiven by Jesus. All debts cancelled. Everything's gone. Now look, you might have come in this morning. I, look, even the people I know in the church, I'm finding out things about people just... You know, fascinating things. You know, things that 
people I've known for years, you find out things about. Look, we, we all have secrets. We all have things in our lives that, that you know, we, we sometimes would rather other people do not know. And some of those things are secrets where we're being humble and we just don't, don't want to brag. Other things are sometimes things, you know, have you done things that really you look back and think, oh, why did I do that? Why did I, whatever, whatever it was. I mean, I look back on my life. So, I mean, some of it, you know, is just, I think, oh, how did that happen? You know, so, some of you know this. I used to, I used to live in Scotland, and I, I had an important meeting in a place called Perth in Scotland, or Perth, as they call it up there. And I, I'd gone to this meeting. It was actually with a guy called Brian Souter, the head of stagecoach. He's a Christian. We were talking to him about the possibility of running Alpha for his staff in stagecoach. And I'd gone to the meeting. I was wearing my suit, had the meeting. It went well. It's driving back to Glasgow, which is a few hours' drive. So I'm on the way back, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to wear my suit all the way home because it's just not that comfortable. So I brought some clothes to change into. I was going on the A9, and I was looking for a discreet place to stop. And I stopped near this place. If, if you know, uh, Perth is kind of sort of like you go up a hill. There's a big downhill bit. And I was driving down there, and I saw a lay-by. It's near a place called the Broom of Dalreach or Dalric, <laughs> probably. And I, I pulled over into the lay-by, as I thought, you know, cars are going past 80 miles an hour, this will be fine. So I'm in my suit, I get my suit trousers off, and then, to my surprise, a van screeched to a halt in front of me, and a man leapt out and ran towards the car. So picture the scene. I'm sitting there, I've got a tie on, I've got a shirt on, but no trousers. And this guy, I'm like, it's like slow motion. I'm watching him run towards me, and I'm thinking, no. And he runs, he's holding a piece of paper, so he's running up to the car. He runs to the car, and because I had an old Ford Fiesta, I remember winding the window down like this, and he bends down, looks, and he says, do you know the way to? And then he stopped as he looked from my eyes downwards, and realize I'm sitting in a lay-by with no trousers on. This, is, this isn't a good moment. And I remember saying, like, sorry, I, you know, you, you just can't find the words to explain why you're sitting in a lay-by with no trousers on. I mean, you know, he's, he's making his own mind up about it. So he then reluctantly says, you know, which way do I need to go for Inverness? And I'm like, I'm trying to give... I'm trying to get my mind clear for directions. I said to him, what you need to do is go down the road. There's a place you can turn around, and there you can take your trousers off. That's what I said to him, <laughs> because I was so focused. It's awful, isn't it? Can you imagine? I have to live with this. Even now, telling you, it's just like, oh, what? Oh, so, so what about you? Now, in some ways, you know, I kind of like, you know, you can feel shame, which is often a, a, an, a, an emotion that's associated with things that have happened to you or things that you've done that you feel ashamed of. Maybe other people know that they can feel that shame as well. Or you can feel guilt, which is when you've committed something that you know is wrong. And you can have false guilt. I mean, so I, was, I didn't need to feel, like, there was no ill intention in what I was doing. But you see, you can have false guilt, but you can also have real guilt 
about real things that you've done wrong. I guess like this woman, who, who's, you see, it says that she, a woman who'd lived a sinful life. You know, some translations, the way it comes describes it, it's, it's a woman who's kind of known as not being a kind of churchy religious type. And when I read that in, that in the Bible, I think, that's me. A woman who led a sinful life. Now, obviously, no, I'm not a woman that's led a sinful life. I mean, clearly. But, but that's me. One of, the, one of the great things about being in this church, I'm so pleased that Jim, who leads the church, by the way, Jim's not here. He's in Brazil, speaking in a church in Brazil this morning. Uh, Jim, who leads our team, the kind of head vicar pastor guy, and Tim, who's been on stage, and one of the other pastors, Steve, one of the other pastors. We just have an amazing uh, just team and the way we get, on, we get on so well together. You know, we're all fortunate, you know, to, to be in that situation. I remember we, we were sitting chatting once, and the guys, Steve, Tim, and Jim, were all talking about, you know, how when they were younger... They kind of like, they grew up in Christian families and have this Christian heritage. I, I, didn't, I didn't have that. I wasn't a Christian until I was in my 20s. And they're talking about, you know, reminiscing about, oh, do you remember that youth thing we went to and some Christian conference they went to? And then they said to me, what were you doing when you were in your 20s? And I said, basically, beer and sex. I didn't use the word sex, but, I, you know, basically that was it. Well, okay, I'm going to be honest, it was mainly beer. Not going to lie. You know, with a face like this, a face for radio, you know. Most of the action was, you know, jar in my hand, you know. Got to be real about it. But you see, the reality is, I'm a man that's lived a sinful life. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not like, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, it's not, not that but I'm a person that has lived a sinful life. But I, I, I love this, you see. Jesus rescues people like me. The whole of the book of Luke, this, this Meeting Jesus series, if you could sum up the book of Luke, it is all about this. Every single page in the book of Luke, in this Bible, it's all about this. Jesus comes to save mankind from their sinful lives. That's what it's all pointing to. It really is. The reason I get so animated about this is because I realize how God has plucked me out of darkness and rescued me. And, you know, it wasn't like I was going around, you know, I, I haven't been in prison. I wasn't a drug dealer. In many ways, I just saw myself as an ordinary person trying to make some sense of life. And I realized that Jesus came to seek and save the lost, as it says at the end of the book of Luke. Jesus came, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost people like me. And you see, in this story, we have this woman that comes. And look, she knows the score. See, we can be so self-deceived, can't we? We can deceive ourselves so easily. She knows the score. She comes She's shown this amazing gratitude to Jesus for what he's done in forgiving her. You know, she lets her hair down. You know, the, it, uh, scholars say that 
a woman in that day letting her hair down. It could be the grounds for divorce. And Simon, this religious guy, is saying, it, it, Jesus knew who was touching him. Oh, he's not a prophet. This woman shows such great gratitude and, 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 and love. But you see, then Jesus answers with this story. And it's a story about debt. It's a story where the moneylender is God. There's two people. One owes a small amount of money or a small amount of money. The other a larger amount of money. I guess our equivalent would be, if you think about, I don't know, a mortgage, a huge mortgage. You know, they're unable to pay. So God's the moneylender. The debt they owe is sin. This is the illustration Jesus is giving. The two debtors, two sinners, depict two levels of sin. One a smaller amount, one a greater amount. So the reality is, you see, the Bible says we have all sinned and fallen short of God's standard, his glory. And you might compare yourself with somebody else and say, well, I'm not like that person. But the reality is, we both are in debt. None of us can pay. But there is somebody that can pay. Who can cancel the debt. You know, just this morning I was reading in, uh, I, I read the Bible in one year, and Nicky Gumbel in his notes this morning told this story. Uh, he said, in 1821 in Ireland, I originally come from Ireland, in Ireland there was a, a potato famine, there was various crops uh, that re people relied on, certainly in Ireland it was potatoes, and there was a famine. And in this uh, area of Northern Ireland, the tenants wrote to the landowner and said, look, we, there's no way we can afford to pay the rent that we owe you. We can't afford it. We're, we're, we're in debt. Will you release us from the debt? And the landowner was a, a guy called Canon Andrew Fawcett. Uh, he was a, a Christian. And he wrote back to them and said, sorry, but there's no way I can release you from this debt. It has to be paid. I do not want to set a precedent where I let people off. But in the letter he wrote back, he included a check, not only for the full amount, but more than the full amount, which in those days was unheard of. And the debt was cancelled, written off completely. And this is really the story. I mean, it's coincidental. I read that this morning. But this is a story in this book. I can't pay, you can, can't pay, but there's somebody that can pay, the living God. All debts are cancelled. Why are they cancelled? Because Jesus Christ came, died on a cross to pay the price for your sin and mine. All debts are cancelled. And this is Jesus' proclamation. Three times in this passage, this woman is called a sinner. Three times Jesus says, her sins are forgiven. I love it, the way Jesus says, says to Simon, the Pharisee guy, he said, do you see this woman? Do you see her? Now, he, he saw her, but what he saw was somebody, no, I'm better than her, she's a sinner. Jesus says, do you see this woman? Do you really see her as I see her? See, God sees you. He sees you, he knows you. On Friday, I, was, um, I came down on, 
on my motorbike and I was chatting to Steve out in the car park. And where I'd pulled up in the car park, I was chatting to him about uh, some bits to do with work. And, uh, and there was a lady there and she was getting her bike off, off a van. And it was really fancy. It was a Kona gravel bike, brand new, really, really nice. So I cycle, this is bicycle. So I'm sitting on my motorbike and I, and I was looking at it. And I said to her, I just said hello, and said to her, I said, God, it's a really nice bike. And we're talking about this uh, Kona off-road gravel bike. You know, she was telling me she just got it. So, so I said, oh, have you, have you been to the building before? She said, yeah, it's just this building. It's just amazing. She said, it feels so welcoming when you come into the coffee shop. I said, oh, that's so kind of you to say so. So then I said to her, I said, so do you do the kind of church thing, the God thing at all? And she said, well, I've done a little bit. And I said, well, look, I'm, I'm like in the God squad. I'm one of the, the, the vicars here. I introduced myself. And, and I, I said to her, so, you know, she said, I'm really spiritual. And I said, oh, that's really good, you know, to, to talk about that. So I, I said to her, do you do the, the kind of God thing? And she said, well, yeah, we used to live in Knightsbridge in London. And we went to a church there called Holy Trinity Brompton. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I said, you know, I used to work with those guys. So she was telling me a bit about her journey. And uh, so when I said to her, because, uh, you know, in the conversation, I said, oh, you know, uh, she said, what about you? And I said, well, I'm like the, you know, vicar here. She goes, oh, you know, you're breaking the mold, aren't you? You're bucking the trend. Vicar on a motorbike, uh, you know. Um, I, I don't know. But, I mean, that, that's what she said. So, yeah, like, I'm the faster pastor, the quicker vicar, you know. <laughs> I'm riding the holy Honda, the, you know, Yahweh Yamaha or whatever you want, you know. Uh, so so I'm, I'm, I'm talking to her. But here's what I said to her and here's what I want to say to you. Because one of the things I said to her was actually it's no, I said, look, you might think this is weird, but it seems a bit coincidental that the people you know from Holy Trinity Brompton I used to work with and I know. And she goes, you're right. And I said, look, you may not have been, she said, I haven't been to church for a while. I said, it's not about that. It's great if you come to church, but here's what it's about. It's about having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I don't know anything about this lady, but, you know. But today, here's what I want to say to you. It's not about whether you come to church every week or not. It's, do you know your sins are forgiven? Because if you know your sins are forgiven, the response is you're going to love him a lot. Like this lady, you're going to love him a lot. I wonder if we could pray together. Um, I'd just like to invite you to pray with me. I want to, Paula, if you and the band want to come back up, we'll sing maybe one more song before we finish. On the cross of Jesus, all debts have been cancelled. God, I want to pray for us today. God, may we hear your voice in our hearts. Would you speak, Lord?
May we hear your voice saying your many sins are forgiven. If you need to ask God to forgive you for sins, at the cross, all debts are cancelled. All sins are forgiven. God, we want to meet with you today, Jesus. And I pray now, Lord, people will hear your proclamation of your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. As we trust in you, Lord, I pray we would know the certainty of forgiveness of sins and we know you. Amen. Why don't we just sing in response?